Uh, this is for insanity, um, but I'm being told that uh, this is not really insane. And I, I'm sorry, i got to go with the voices in my head. This afternoon on Forum, we're going to be talking with uh, a special guest, Mr. Philoman. Uh, all right, Mr. Philoman, can you tell us a little bit about your name? Where did you get it? The name? It was in a dream, and uh, I was just laying in one morning, and all of a sudden it came to me, uh, Philo, and I don't know what it means, but um, it seems pretty interesting. Yes, well, uh, uh, what exactly does it mean? Okay, it goes back to it has roots in ancient Greece, um, which make them rather slippery to hold on to. The uh, ancient Grecians uh, never had gray hair. Did you know that? They didn't live long enough to get it, I guess. That might be. I, mean, that's what, I guess that's how they present gray hair now. You just rub your stuff on your head, and you your brain, you're a goner. Just like that. <laughs> what now, don't uh, ancient drawings from antiquity show that Plato had gray hair? I don't know. <laughs> However, you know, the name Philoman comes from the word, well, it's a bastardization of the word philosophy, man. And uh, it's a lot easier to say Philoman than philosophy, man. You know, I mean, people say, hey, philosophy, man, come over here. You know, and they can get pretty messed up, you know, but this is, and, you know, so it's just Philoman, that's a very simple one word, even. Oh, I see. So, uh, man actually stands for philosophy man. Man, this guy's adept. I can see why you're a interviewer. Hmm. And I can see why I'm fellow man. Okay, so tell us a little about, a bit about, uh, where you got the name. <laughs> well, tracing through the backwoods one day. <laughs> I was doing some pretty weird stuff. Chopping down trees and then making houses out of them and things like that. He was like, wow, that's crazy. So, uh, that's where they come from. Okay, so. Don't uh, any superheroes that smoke, do you? I mean, a lot of them cook. <laughs> Very few smoke. I guess to each his own. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Uh, uh, I mean, we know that Superman, for example, fights. Truth, justice, and the American way. Right. Well, that was that. That was my original intent. I mean, uh, Superman has sort of lost his appeal. Uh, hello, hi. And um, Superman's singing too. You see, and I'm not. I make no bones about it. Well, isn't that uh, really no bones about anything else? <laughs> I mean, isn't that <laughs> isn't that really though? I characteristic of philosophy in general. I mean, is there a sane philosopher? <laughs> well, Socrates was supposed to be sane, but he was, uh, we only have information of, on him from Plato, and uh, he's pretty crazy, so we don't really know. And the rest, Wittgenstein, and... Who? Oh, yes, right, Wittgenstein, right, right, yes, I studied him. That's Cardi. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he was crazy. Wittgenstein. That's Cortez. Oh, that does Cardi's are. Well, he could tell you how crazy he is. Well, I believe he the French, French pronunciation is Descartes. But, well, yeah, but show you how crazy he is. He called himself Descartes. 
He just dropped the last part of it, I guess. Huh? I, th- I don't think he could pronounce the rest. Ah, that could be. That's a lot of why philosophers are also. That, see, that's why he uh, worked on the mind-body relationship and the mind-body dichotomy. You see, he called it the mind-body dichotomy. See, that way he didn't have to say utilitarianism or any of those words with s's in them. He couldn't say s. Huh. It's hard. You know, it'd be utilitarianism. No, the utilitarianism. <laughs> it'd be something very different from what we're used to as we know it. So, where did, for example, let's just say, where did Descartes get his name? His parents. Oh, I think. We'll call him Desky. Desky. Descartes will be the baby's name. Oh, it worked well into the song, I guess. Yeah. Um, now, uh, but anyway, to get back to your original, one of your original, one of your more original, well, there was a question that you asked before. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't help to laugh. But, yeah. Anyway, you asked what I fight for, and, and I always thought that I'd go for truth, justice, and the American way, because Lord knows we all the fighters that we can for truth, justice, and the American way. But then it occurred to me that truth and justice were the American way, and it seemed rather, uh, <clears throat> seemed rather, um, <clears throat> seemed rather, uh, <clears throat> seemed rather uh, weird. Thank redundant. You. Redundant. Uh, there you go. <laughs> That's what it was. It was rather redundant because truth and justice were the American art. After American all, way. after all, right. and before nothing. Calling. Hello, Earth. Try yours. I think we're all right now. The engineers seem to have this problem taken care of. Oh, well, okay. Hey, those guys are pretty smart. Wow, they're good. Anyway, so I decided that I'd go for truth, motive, ponens, and a manual characterization of the categorical imperative. Now, maybe on the side I'll do a little bit of utilitarianism and, oh, maybe a little bit hard Cartesian dual. Basically, it's truth, motive, ponens, and a manual characterization of the categorical imperative. So what about the uh, utilitarianism? Well, it's it's so based in reality and things like that, you know. It doesn't uh, it's you know not philosophical enough. Okay, utilitarianism is basically the greatest good for the greatest man. Who is going to determine men <laughs> the greatest good? And secondly, who's going to determine whether it's for the greatest number? Now, you could assign a value to good and uh, just say. Uh, th- this good produced, or this this act produces this much good. You see, now, do we want the greatest value, or do we want the greatest good that will go around? Now, see, you can have one unit of good per person for a hundred people. Or you can have one hundred units of good per person. Now, which is it? You see, there's just too too much problems with. Well, now that brings up an interesting point about reality. Now, I really want to get back to that, but first of all, I want to get back to the the idea of um, where you got your name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, a lot of people have a lot of weird dreams, but not everybody just all of a sudden decides to put on a damn costume and go around parading in the streets. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, am I right? I mean, this is, after all, a rather drastic step that you've taken. I mean, you've devoted, given up your entire life to the preservation and whatever of philosophy and I would I would just be interested in hearing exactly what motivated you to do this. 
given up my entire life. This is an 8 to 5 job, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't have any of this back. Well, now, oh, I didn't if, know that. Now, hold it. If, if you're telling me that this is, I mean, if you're some kind of a charlatan, I mean, we were told that you are actually a superhero. Hey, superheroes don't have private lives. Now, if uh, this is some kind of a farce, and I want to know about this, and we'll just stop this right here. My gosh. Maybe I better just take the mask off and go home. No, that won't work. Because an annual count characterization of the categorical letter states definitely that superheroes do not take off masks on guest show, on talk show, talk show, on uh, game shows. Or, they don't do it. <laughs> oh, they do, but I don't. <laughs> All those false starts. So uh, <clears throat> then let's let's get in then to the how you decided that you were going to do this. Well, basically, I just saw it as something that needed to be done, something that needed doing, and uh, more than that, I guess it was good for life. How does money, you know, to pay okay? No, no. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I've, we just, about uh, four months ago, we had a convention in town, and the uh, starving philosophers uh, had a big demonstration yes, yes. down at the convention center, and, and I was just wondering if, uh, you know, if you're making a living, where your money comes from. Okay. Part of being a man requires that we have certain questions about certain things, and we put things in the right perspective, okay? So... You ask me if I'm, you know, making a, a, a living in this sort of thing. Uh, the, the first question that comes to mind is, is, do you call this a living? And then the second question is, why bother? The third question, therefore, being, where's the gun? <laughs> and the fourth question being, I wonder if I can get bullets dressed like this. <laughs> you seem to be particularly and almost intentionally evasive. That's part of philosophy. Not a big part. <laughs> it's a little part. But by golly, it's a part. Uh, <laughs> the part on the left side there. Well, that, the left. I'm sure you can empathize with that. makes it rather difficult for one to do an interview with a, a person who is, after all, trying to act as the spokesman of feel. I mean, America out there may not have all the knowledge that someone like I would have and may not just inherently know a lot of these things and, and therefore they need to know just exactly, well, yes. let's say, for example, where you got your name. <laughs> Tenacious little devil, aren't you? Never say die, at least till you're dead. Well, okay, the name. I, I, I made it up. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I mean, uh, where did I get the name? Well, I had to have some name. I thought of an ultra-metaphysical man, but that's too long. And I wanted something catchy, but uh, unfortunately, philosophers have a penchant for being... Pithy. <laughs> a penchant for being pithy. <laughs> Take heart. <laughs> That's how I guess it all started with the card. 
But now, let's get to the roots of philosophy. You mentioned before a gentleman named Plato, and we all know a lot about him. <laughs> a lot of people know him as Plato. What do they know? Now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about his uh, affair of the Republic and uh, the Philosopher Kings? No. Can you then tell us a little bit about <laughs> his theory of uh, reality in the shadows with the men in the cave? The what? Reality of what? The famous analogy that he had of the man in the cave, who, upon first stepping out of the cave and seeing reality as it is, I can see by your eyes that you're familiar with the story. <laughs> no, I'm not, actually. How does it go? Well, you Interesting. see, it's uh, the, the parallel of the shadow or whatever, like an analogy of the shadow. Tell know. you what, tell you what. Why don't you take the mask and I'll interview you. No, no. You can have this nice cave, too. It's really My mom made it for me. Oh, I saw one just like that at Kmart the other day. Well, she um, made it for me. She might have got it at Kmart. If I might digress back to the original point of this question. Uh, That's what we call in philosophy, going full circle. <laughs> Jerk. And I can see <laughs> that you certainly <laughs> do a lot of that. <laughs> um, the, the, the point being that... Uh, Plato being in this cave, and I mean, no, he actually wasn't in the cave. He was talking about cavemen. It may be people who never stepped out of a cave in their entire life. Can you picture in your mind? Picture in your mind here a bunch of people in a cave, with shadows in a cave. Then all of a sudden, the first one steps out, thinking all this time, having been brought up in a cave, that that is reality. Oh, I know. Yes, I know and the guy. Step out of the cave. Well, of course. And all of a sudden, there's a new reality. No, That's right. And you know what he said? What did he say? Oh, brave new world. He said that. Well, maybe maybe he didn't say that. Maybe that's just the way it came down. Yeah, I know the guy. He's a, he's a real nice guy. As a matter of fact, uh, he's he's working as a bolt riveter now in Detroit. Yeah, he's doing real good for himself. Uh, as a wife, two kids. Back in the cave. Huh? Yeah, yeah, back in the cave. Uh, you think <laughs> are inherently dumb and, uh, you know, votes for, well, oh, I'm sorry, you think <laughs> are inherently smart? <laughs> anyway, and uh, he, uh, you know, votes for Carter, you know, so he's very American, very good. I can see that we're not going to get anywhere with this line of questioning. I think perhaps we should, uh, let's talk about, for, for maybe a refreshing type of uh, thing, how about reality? Let's talk about bottoms. Oh, let's talk about reality. Okay. Well, to see, that's part of it. Now, that gets back again to the question as to why I decided that I had to do this with that which I am doing. Excuse me if I talk a little bit philosophical here. I mean, it might go over your head, but uh, just kind of bring me back to reality. Now, <laughs> does that answer your question? <laughs> okay. One of the uh, things that happens oftentimes is uh, not a... I noticed it in colleges, freshmen in colleges. Now it's even going back to old junior and high school even. But however, anyway, freshmen in college, uh, basically from when they were juniors in high school, come around and sitting around, sitting around in the. Um, why are you looking at me like that? I'm confused. But go ahead. Well, that's my job to straighten things like that out. Okay, so the the students sit around, and one question that always comes up. Now, it doesn't come up among philosophy students, because they know better, but it does come up among business majors. And our journalist majors. Oh, sorry. The point. 
the point here? The po well, there is no point. See, that's the basic nexus of philosophy. They say, they sit around and just out of the clear blue, like a voice from the sky, maybe. But it's not. It's this nerd sitting on the left down there, two tables along, and he yells out, what is reality? Well, of course, this sends all the business majors into a tizzy, tizzy, uh, tizzy, uh, sends them crazy, because they can't answer that question. They spend many hours, and uh, their grades fail. Uh, they lose their girlfriends. They lose jobs. You see them now, down on Skid Row, drinking woolite. Uh, and I thought this was just a, a crime against uh, uh, crime against Mother Nature, truth, justice, and therefore the American way. Ha <laughs> ha! See, I got around it. <laughs> Another quantitative force, as it were. Wow, you're good. So, so then again, if we might summarize, reality is okay. I'd like to think on a on a on a, on a little philosophical joke here. Okay, there's a guy, and uh, he goes to a, a psychiatrist. Okay, now psychiatrists and philosophers have a lot in common, although one's more practicality minded and the other one's more ephemeral minded. And he says to the psychiatrist, he says, Doc. Well, they don't call philosophers doctors, they have to call, them, they have to call psychiatrists doctors. So, doc? Doc says, yes. My guy says, I've got a brother, and he thinks he's a chicken. And doctor, they go through the, uh, the whole, uh, you know, uh, the way it all came about, and, and the whole history and everything, and the, uh, the doc says, uh, well, why don't you tell your brother that he's not a chicken? Now, you see, psychiatrists are very astute, you see. And, uh, this shows why this man was a psychiatrist, because he thought to ask that question. And of course the guy says, well, I guess it's because we need the eggs. And I think that's basically what the reality is all about and everything. I mean, we put up with all the wacky foibles, the broken relationships, the hate-love affairs, and the golden triangle, because, well, we need the eggs. Yes, but what is reality? Well... 229 a dozen. <clears throat> okay, um, now that we've cleared that up, um, I'm not really sure where we can go from here, actually. We uh, seem to have come, Maybe. as you would say, to the full circle. Uh, this is the part I like. <laughs> But I'm sure there are other uh, questions that our callers would like to get in. So uh, we're going to open up the lines in about two minutes and see if people out there have any questions they'd like to ask. Um, yes, well, I'm sure there are some people out there who have some question they'd like to ask. Our special guest tonight, Philo Man, Philo Man, as he calls himself. Uh, so if you do, I don't. Uh, we have all of our lines open and. Uh, I'd like to throw in here that I like to call myself Terry. Okay. Uh, the line, the numbers are 555-4161 if you're in the city, and 392-8400 if you're on another flight. So, uh, please go ahead and give us a call here. We have all of our lines open. I'm sure we'll be getting a call here real soon. <laughs> <laughs> 